0: And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while right here on the Jam Session Podcast, as always, sponsored by Hector Flores with Modern Woodmen of America. Hector will make sure that you have a plan to help you and your family's future. So give him a call, 940 453 3490. Also brought to you by Greening Law. <laughs> your damn cell phone
1: oh shit i'm
0: sorry <laughs> as soon as you said that
1: i'm like oh this is probably why he's
0: laughing yep because i just heard it and i was like you know what i'm sorry uh, man we just need to tape it to your desk so it'll it, it, which i don't know i don't know why your cell phone does that i don't know and it
1: doesn't do it all the time
0: it's very strange that's okay. That, this makes for a wonderful intro for those that don't skip past the intro. But yes, Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. We kind of already introduced them, but the moment you've all been waiting for has arrived. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, TV, podcast, and cell phone superstar, the sexy <laughs> Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, pal? I am the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren. This is Jam Session Version one sixty six, <laughs> asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled,
1: if not entertained, As we should be entertained by now. We already are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I man. I mean, it's I uh, see the problem is, is that I have everything turned up louder, probably than some people do. Right. Right. You know, just because, and so I, I hear that stuff immediately, and it's just like ah, right in my ear.
1: And and while he's suffering through a uh, P.O.W. torture, I am, uh, I'm like oblivious to
0: everything. <laughs> I know, when and you got- Then I feel so badly when it uh. happens.
1: Because it doesn't happen all the time. It only happens sporadically.
0: Yeah, it's really and weird. I'm sorry. Uh,
1: the JJT Media Group business is really, uh, I don't wanna say it's booming, but it's got a lot of moving parts these days, which is fantastic. And I just got like five emails I was trying wow. to answer because there was money attached to them.
0: Ooh, the money <laughs> emails. Those are the best yes. emails.
1: Yeah, somebody uh, somebody just contacted your boy today about hosting a lecture series with Eric Dickerson.
0: Wow, look at that. Sometime in the near future. Eric Dickerson, the former Pony Excess running back.
1: Yeah, so and I was excited about that.
0: All right. Well, we do have a lot to get into. There is a lot of excitement to be had. There's also a lot of excitement to be had because he will get you taken care of. If if you've reached a point where it's time to sit down and start planning financially for your future, you're not exactly sure how to do that, how much to put into 401ks and stocks and bonds, really how to diversify your portfolio. Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America is the man who has those answers for you. 940-453-3490. Modern Woodman of America is a fraternal financial organization. It is non-fee based. It costs nothing to meet with Hector Flores.
1: And I always say, the fact that it costs nothing means that's the only reason you should do it. Okay. But the other reason, (laughs) I mean, you should call him just because it's free. Yeah. But the reason why you call him, man, is Hector can put together a plan that makes sense for you. Everybody's got different financial needs, different financial goals. You just tell Hector what you want to do. I want to be here by this age. You know, I'd like to be here by this age. I'd like to be conservative. I'd like to be aggressive. I'd like to be somewhere in between. He can make it happen. He'll draw your roadmap to get you where you're trying to go. And that's all you want your financial advisor to do. Let me tell you what I want. And then you help me put together a plan that fits what I want.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's Hector Flores, 940-453-3490. He's one of the representatives of Modern Woodman of America. And when he provides those financial products to help you protect your family, those sales help to fund member benefits and social, educational, and volunteer programs that identify and meet local needs, allowing for membership growth and greater community impact. It's a full circle thing here of positive impact. Hector Flores, 940 453 3490. Or like Jacques said, it's free, so just call him. And he'll be like, yeah, I'd love to help you. I don't need financial help. Jacques just said to call you. He'll be like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Also, of course, the green team, the attorneys at Greening Law. If you've been hurt in a car accident like I was, if you've experienced malpractice in a variety of ways, hurt on the premises of a business, call the lawyers at Greening Law. They have covered clients in all sorts of different legal battles. Let them go to work for you. Let them be your competitor against the insurance companies.
1: Dude, the thing about green and lie is number one, it don't cost nothing to pick up the phone Two, you. Tell them what your deal is and they say, hey, we can either think you're a good fit or you're not. And then what I love about a man, I love a motivated employee for me. <laughs> they don't get paid unless you get paid. So they grind for you. They work for you. They tell you questions you don't even know that you're supposed to ask to ask. How about this? They handle them, and you don't even know they've been handled because they're working on your behalf.
0: That's exactly right, man. It's easy to do, and the consultation is free. It is free to call them and explain your situation and see what they say. You can give them a call at 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. You had a day with Dak. bro.
1: I've had have had a very fun day today, and uh, I'll tell you guys a little bit about it. I do it like a radio tease. I won't tell you when it's airing. That way, it'll be on your tip of the tongue. You'll have to listen to the podcast every day, every week, uh, every show, every episode until I reveal it to you. But um, here's what happened, man. I had a trip planned to uh, out of town this week to do some some work, and uh, ESPN called and said, "Hey, we've got this this interview set up set up with Dak." And we got a video team on it. And it was uh, he said, But we want you to run the point on it because uh, you know you have a relationship with Dak and we yeah. want some questions asked and we want an accompanying piece done. And I said, Yeah, but I got this trip plan. They said, Don't worry about it. Just tell us what it costs to compensate you for canceling your trip and we got you. I said, Oh really? This Damn. must be a big deal. And they said, Yeah, it is. <laughs> so Wow um and so uh you know that's that's what i love about working for the undefeated man it's uh, they do a lot of great work and this is one of them so Dak is working on a project about a young man named bryce gowdy who has the saddest story you've ever heard uh google him bryce gowdy in a nutshell he's a good he's a young man a football player a cornerback uh i think he was a four-star player had committed to georgia tech that tells you he's a smart guy, okay. Committed suicide. Uh, I can't remember it. it was, I mean, I know when it was. It was in December, but it was like you know, right before signing day. A couple months before signing day, mm-hmm. it already committed. And in part, he committed suicide because he felt guilt about going off to Georgia Tech and leaving his family, which at the time was homeless and living in its car. I mean, his mom and the two other brothers living in a car or living in hotels, and he felt so guilty about that that he took his own life. Um, and so Dak, obviously, with his brother committing suicide last April, felt a certain connection to the story and, and just wanted to help in some way, shape or form. So yeah. uh, he agreed to do the voiceover uh, for the narration for the uh, project that's going to be uh, that's going to air. And so um you know, so I spent the last couple of days doing a lot of research on Bryce Gotti because they want me to write an accompanying piece to the to the part that's going on TV to, to run on the website. Um, so I did a lot of research there. But here's, here's the interesting thing about today, man. So I drive out to uh, the star today. I have not been to the star basically since COVID hit, uh, which is shocking considering I was out there every day from the time it opened until COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, And they tell you, you can't show up and do this project unless you've got a vaccination card and a COVID test within the last 24 hours. So first off, you got to make sure you can find a spot that'll give you a COVID test in 24 hours. Um, So actually, the Cowboys let me come out and say, hey, this Tuesday players off day so you can really use our facility. They got a big white trailer, man, in the middle of the parking lot right outside the star. So I drove up there, and as I'm getting out, who do I see? The owner of the Dallas Cowboys is getting out. One Jerry Jones. Jerry. I said, Jerry, how you doing? I haven't seen you in forever. He goes, Jacques, good to see you, boy. How you doing? And so we walk in there. Now, amazingly, they let him go first. But um, <laughs> as he was filling out his paperwork, we were talking. I said, I think you'll like my column in the morning news tomorrow. Jerry, I said, because I wrote, Vic Fangio is full of shit if he thinks there's a blueprint to stop in the office. Now, he thought that was funny.
0: <laughs> he, goes, he,
1: he goes, yeah, we knew everything they were going to do. We just didn't play good. He goes, I thought for sure we were sooner or later going to catch up to him and pass him. He said, about the third quarter, I started feeling sad that it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jerry went back there and took his COVID test. So he's not bigger than anybody else, Aaron Rodgers. Ooh! <laughs> oh, you want to talk uh, shit to
0: Aaron Rodgers now, huh? <laughs> and then Better um, watch out. He's I, friends with Joe Rogan.
1: Yeah, whatever. Doc. <laughs> uh, and so uh, they 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 filled out all my paperwork, which didn't take very long. And I went and sat down and I was like, I've had a rapid test before going to Jackson State, but it was a jaw swab mouth swab. This one, they went inside your nostril, which was fine. They didn't go deep into the nasal cavity it was really the tip of your nostril. And so that was fine. And then they make you wait to get the results. You can wait in the car, wait wherever. And it took them about 30 minutes. They called you good. And so I, I was able to go back there and uh, join the rest of the ESPN team. So Dak and Rich Dalmer, the PR guys, show up promptly at 11 o'clock. And here's the most impressive thing, man. Because I've been around a lot of star athletes. And, uh, you know, Dak, as I tell everybody is as genuine a dude as you'll find for a dude who's accomplished as much as he has accomplished and has as much stuff as he has. And so he's down there and what happens, man, is they give him a script of the lines he's supposed to read. Yeah. And and you know this as an actor, Matt, a thespian, you can't just read the line. You have to make it believable because it's a voiceover. So it's not like, you know, this was a tough year for me i have done my best to get through it it has to be hey this was a really tough year for me and i've done the best i can to get through it and so this woman Sinai, who's really good at her job she was telling dak hey that was good but you need to put more emphasis on these words at the end or hey this is a lot of type right here so take a breath don't be afraid to take a breath at the end of the sentence and then you know come on to the next one um This feels like something that you're really connecting with. So feel free to really embody this sentence. And it was really interesting how she was doing her thing. But here's the most impressive moment, man. This is Dak Prescott, the $160 million quarterback. And she goes about 40 minutes into it. She goes, hey, I'm just checking. How much time do we have? What's your heart out? You know, because we had been allotted like an hour to an hour and a half. She said, what's your heart out? Cause I want to make sure we, we take care of that. And Dak looked her right in the eyes and said, when this is done. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't rush. Don't feel pressured. We're going to stay here until it's done. And to me, man, that was like, you know, it was so impressive just the way he took on the project. And so, uh, she asked some more questions and he did his lines and a script and he got through it. Um, and then I went and did my thing. Uh, for the accompanying piece. And I asked him probably about 15 questions. And he was really good on him. I asked a lot about Jace, uh, his brother who died, and what he learned about that whole situation. And, you know, he talks a lot about being vulnerable and making yourself vulnerable. I'm like, well, how do you get there? You know, what is that? Because everybody's not like that. And have you, And he was like, well, I've always been a talker. So for me, it's not hard to rely on other people and talk to other people and get my feelings out. But for my brother, it was a different scenario, a different case. And ultimately, um, you know, why is this a project like this important to you? Why are you taking time, you know, away from preparing for a game or away from your off day with all your other business interests, you know, to commit to this? You ain't getting paid for it. You know what I mean? This is just something from the heart that you wanna do. And he's like, um, I connect with the family because they remind me of my family, a single mom with three kids playing football trying to figure out how to survive and he goes you know had I known Bryce or had I known anything about what he was going through you know it would have been great to speak to him or text him or tweet him or something that might have been able to change his life and change his circumstance Um, he said that's why I'm really so connected with this project and so involved with it and I understand the importance of mental health and I know I have a platform and my platform is specifically to be used for stuff like this that can make other people's lives better and when you're talking to him like that, man, you see why his teammates ride or die for him, man. The dude is authentic as it gets. He's as real as it gets. And he's just a genuinely good dude. And uh, that's why it was so much fun today, man. Uh, hanging out with him for a couple hours while we did this project. And uh, I'll talk to his brother and his dad about it. And uh, I'm looking forward to working on it. And it'll be really nice uh, when it's done.
0: Yeah, very nice. That, that's... Dak is always in my very few minimal reaction or interactions, but just even seeing how he operates, you know, I think that you kind of mentioned that before the authenticism that you get from Dak Prescott is not fake. I mean, he's not faking that he's being authentic if that no. he actually is that way. And, and he's one of those guys that just has the ability and the power you know, he, he strikes me as the type of guy who, you know, obviously he's an NFL quarterback and chose something else in life. But he has that aura, like when you meet a Nick Saban or what I would imagine it'd be like meeting a president or something of just somebody who knows how to handle the moment to where even if it's just a three second interaction with you, you feel like that three second interaction meant something to the other person as well.
1: You know, that's a really good way to say it. And here's what I think you're saying, because I've experienced it with him. Um He's present in the moment when he's with right. you. Yeah, You know what? He's not wandering around. He's not like, oh, God, when are we getting finished? When he's there, whether it's for a minute or two minutes or five minutes, he's present at that moment, looking you in your eye, answering your questions thoughtfully, and that's all anybody wants. Like, one of the most impressive things to me, and this was a long time ago, this was probably, probably his second year in the league, the year where he didn't play very well. And he'd had a bad game and he did his, you know, his interview whenever, whenever he did it. Right. And when he, when he finished, somebody else had another question. So he kind of walked with him. And as he walked another horde gathered and he literally spent another 20 minutes going over his interceptions And like, here's what I saw in that play and here's the coverage that they were running and the receivers were doing this. And I should have read it like this, but I read it like that because this guy fooled me on that play. He went through every interception and every bad throw that anybody asked about. And the genius of that was, and I don't even know if he realized the genius at the moment, but reporters, when you do that for them, what they do is subconsciously or consciously, they give you the benefit of the doubt when you screw up because they go, He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. And so they don't rip you as hard as they would rip you if you play poorly and you make them your ally instead of your enemy. And all it took was 20 minutes of time. And you being just a little bit humble to say "Yeah, I had a bad game. And here's what I saw, because reporters in general don't I don't have any clue what you saw. They can only go by what they're told. And so, um, you know, I've never forgotten that moment because it was such a veteran move for a guy, I think at the time, literally was in his second year and uh, was trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, and I remember the story that you told about how when he was first drafted, he was walking through the facility and was like introducing himself and wanted to know everybody's names. Yeah. You know, like like even people that are associated with the organization that he might not even ever run into again, but wanted to introduce himself, and just that presence, and, and granted, look, you, you don't have to have a guy like that to win a Super Bowl. I mean, there's obviously some no. douchebags that have won Super Bowls before, but if you have that type of guy, that's how come some of the things that I've heard from you and others that have been with Dak and have heard stories from the Cowboys, and, and this is an organization that's had Staubach and Romo and Aikman, and now has Dak Prescott. I mean, they, they know what a leader looks like.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it, man. Like... What you're doing when you're Dak and you're the quarterback and your leader and you're the face of the franchise, if you get it, because everybody doesn't get it. But if you get it, you know, you walk past Al, the janitor, not the janitor. Al does a lot of different things around the building. But you say, hey, Al, how you doing? Not, you know, at a certain point when you're the quarterback and you're starter and you star and you recognize the quote. And I'm using air quotes, even though you all can't see him. Little people around the building who do jobs you know, where they make 30 or $40,000 a year and you recognize those people, you don't think that makes them feel good? That yeah. the star of America's team actually sees me as a person, knows my name, you know, made a joke with me, gave me a smile, made eye contact, you think people like that, they don't they don't just, you know, go about their business as a little happier knowing that the star of the franchise recognized them as a person and they're not an invisible pl- you know person just doing the job around the building. And Dak is great about that, man.
0: He is. And it resonates throughout the franchise, which is why I've always thought. I don't know if he'll get one, and I've mentioned that, and nobody knows who's going to be right, but I, I believe he is that type of guy that can win and that can motivate people to win and get more out of people than they even realize that they have to give. Now, whether or not it ends ever in a Super Bowl, I don't know, but... He's got what you need, which is why I never had any problem and wanted him to get signed way before they ever did. All right, before we take a trip around the block, let's tell you about Freeway Tire Shop. We've been telling you about him for a while. JR and his guys, his crew... If you would like to go and perhaps run into something that Jacques drives, you should go there because you're probably going to see one of his 19 cars that (laughs) JR is working on right now. I mean, but again, you know, we joke about that. But reality of it is, one of the reasons why you do take your vehicles there is because of the trust factor that you know you believe JR. He walks you through the process. He backs up his work. And that trust factor is what is so difficult to find in the world of mechanics.
1: Dude, it's huge for me, man huge 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 and i take my cars i got six of them <laughs> to jr really for one reason man i trust the dude i trust him to what diagnose the problem i trust him to and this is a big thing for me man use quality parts to fix the problem so it don't happen again uh i trust him to give me a fair price to fix the work he's done that every single time and then finally man i expect him to guarantee his work because we've all been to a mechanic they fix your car, you take it home, you go, hey, this, and three days later, something else is happening. You're like, yo, dog, what's up? This is happening. With JR, it's always, hey, bring it right back. Let me see it. Oh, it's this, da 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 It's fixed. Here you go. It's never a question. It's never a problem. It's never an issue. That's why I take my cars to them. Peace of mind, great work, and I trust my dude.
0: Just north of downtown Dallas, very easy to find right there. And you can make sure to schedule a, an appointment or request a quote online at FreewayTireShop.com. He will get you taken care of. Also, it's funny because I just ate a ton of this yesterday and I had to put it away. We've been telling you about Brews Biltong. I have gotten to the point where I like this stuff so much that I've been eating it almost religiously now when I get done <laughs> working out because it's so high in protein. And so you're like, right, biltong, biltong. What is biltong? Bruised biltong, B-R-U-S, biltong. It's like beef jerky, but it's a traditional South African air dried meat, but better. It's juicier to some degree. It's savier. It just has more to it. Like, a lot of the times, you know, you get beef jerky, and it's like you're eating bark to some extent. This this right, just right. has, like, a, a more savory, almost like a softer feel to it, man. And you can get, they have these two-ounce bags that are only 240 calories and 30 grams of protein, or you can get their bigger version, which you can, you're it's obviously you can share, it'll last you a while. And, man, I was just chowing down on that after my workout this morning.
1: Dude, you know, my box came a couple of days after yours, Yeah, and it's been... Uh, It's been fantastic i've been eating it actually in the middle of the day for my for my snack and um you know i'm really trying to uh trying to shed some weight right now um for my double nickel birthday that's coming up uh because i want to do a photo shoot and this is perfect bro because uh, it allows me to get a lot of protein no carbs no sugar in the middle of the day and keep it going i had some just before the podcast Because it carries me through the podcast and uh, makes sure that when it's done, I'm ready to eat some real food, not some junk food.
0: Yeah, I got to be honest, man. Like when we were talking about this and I was like, "Okay, this is interesting. You know what? I do want to try this. And then I had it like, yeah, definitely. Let's let's do something here with the podcast and let's help you get the word out about this, because I think this is fantastic. I mean, I really, really like this. It's Bruce Biltong, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G dot com. You go to bruisebiltong.com. and as Jacques just told you, man, I mean, it's it's about as healthy as healthy can be. We are talking, it is very easy. You can grab it. It is high in protein. I told you about the protein. Zero sugar. No artificial ingredients. Made in the USA. You can get the two-ounce bag, the snack size. There's an eight-ounce bag that comes, obviously, with eight servings in the bag. Whatever you want to get, check it out online at bruisebiltong.com. Use the promo code JAM15 at checkout, and you'll save 15% off your order. It's that simple. JAM15, J-A-M-15. Use it at checkout at brewsbiltong.com, and start enjoying it today. Because if you like beef jerky, I promise you that you will love Biltong, because it's damn good. I'm about to have to order some more, because I've been eating, literally. I mean, (laughs) I I don't know what it is. I think what it is is kind of what you just said, is that a lot of the times when I get done working out, I don't like to eat for a while. You know, I'll usually, because right. I do a lot of stuff where I'm sweating like crazy and, and high intense cardio stuff. So I'll, I've I've started taking electrolyte supplements because I drink a ridiculous amount of water. And so I take right. a couple of electrolyte supplements a day to make sure that I'm getting what I need. So usually after I get done working out, I, I drink one of those while I'm just snacking on this biltong. But I, I just... <laughs> But it, it, it's I don't know. It's light, but it's flavorful. And I know it's high in protein. So it works for me, I guess, because I, like I said, like I'm not the type of person like when I get done working out, I I, I like to work out on an empty stomach. And then when I'm done working out, I like to wait probably like at least an hour, maybe 90 minutes before I actually try to eat something of, of that's a little bit more filling.
1: No, I, I, I pretty much do the same thing, except I tend to work out. Not I tend to. I work out in the morning. And so it's a matter of, uh, and you work out in the afternoon, so it's a matter of uh, you know me trying to wait till ten or eleven o'clock yeah. sometimes for have my first real meal, uh, if I can go that long.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I work. I'll wait. Usually, what I do, I've gotten into it now, where I do like a bowl, or it's either of oat, like just oatmeal, like just plain oats, or a bowl of shredded wheat, just plain shred. Which people think that's weird. I was You're talking. Damn right, because that
1: shit is nasty. It's de- no, it's not. It's delicious. <laughs>
0: You and your nasty ass eating habits. And there's just one ingredient. It's 100% whole grain wheat. And it is, I, I mean, it's just delicious. And that's what I eat every day for breakfast. And then at the station, every day at 1 o'clock, I have a turkey sandwich that I made at home.
1: You know, I, I shouldn't say that about your shredded wheat. because It's good. I'm, I'm sitting here eating, drinking, you know, like five different flavors of sparkling water. And almost everybody I know says, that stuff is so nasty. And I go, what are you talking about? It's so flavorful. The sparkling water? They go. We've tried it. We can't taste any flavor. It's just nasty. And I go. You guys don't know what you're missing. So I probably, you know, that's why I should probably not crack on your shredded wheat. Yeah, but sparkling water is awesome, dude. I drink about six cans a day.
0: I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm always doing like four or five cans a day, and and. I mean the Waterloo. I still, I've tried a bunch of different tri- uh, of kinds. Now
1: Waterloo is the truth,
0: and man. I can't get past Waterloo, man. I mean, I keep now, going back, uh, and I, I'm drinking one. I just finished one before the podcast. I got a lineman Lime can in my hand right now. Oh, I just drank a Black Cherry. Well, look at you. <laughs> While we were
1: doing the podcast, I mean, it's I delicious. Um, yeah, Bubbly has some good flavors, and Target has some good flavors. Whatever their G and G. Oh, the Good is. and Gather those have, they have some good flavors not all of them but you can find some flavors in there that work yeah. and so there's enough new flavors enough good flavors that it's literally
0: literally 95% of what i drink that's i'm same with me man i mean i you know another thing i do is i drink a lot of water but i put a little bit you can get those they're not crystal lights but it's like that but they're made from natural lemon or natural lime right right and so it's better for you and there's hardly anything in it it's just like a flavorful like lime or whatever and it, and it adds a little something to the water i'll do that sometimes but that's it yeah. i mean that and beer which i drink on the weekend yeah. usually and that's about it
1: no and it's funny it's hard if you've been drinking sparkling water and water it's hard to drink anything else because anything else feels and tastes so sweet that it's like i can't do it
0: yeah I that was i mean that turned into a fascinating little conversation there yeah, it did and certainly I wasn't planned. No, it wasn't at all.
1: It just was what it was. Listen, that's the beauty of the podcast, friends. You never know what you get when we go down a rabbit hole.
0: It is, because, I mean, it's basically just a conversation within the block. And, and, you know, the other thing I wanted to throw out here is, and we've been following along. I know I've told you guys about this a few times as I was getting closer, but it has happened. My, I have achieved one of my goals for the year. I, I surpassed book 26. Wow. And I am now on book 28 for the year
1: unbelievable man just unbelievable
0: yeah because the new michael connelly which is a renee ballard harry bosch book was released last night and it was hilarious because i think i've told everybody this i i do it all on on my ipad through the kindle app and so it keeps track of all this and how many days in a row you've read and how many weeks and all this well we're in bed last night and i'm sitting there and, and i'm just on my ipad she's like what are you doing it's like what do you mean? <laughs> She's like, it's like you're like, are you reading? Like what? Are, I've never and I go, oh no, I'm waiting for the new Harry Bosch to come out. <laughs> you're, she, you're literally waiting. Yeah, because it releases at midnight, but that's Eastern time. So I kept refreshing my Kindle store because I'd already pre-ordered it. So I just kept right. hitting refresh because at some point this is like right at eleven. And I was like, okay, well, maybe it's going to be 1102. And then finally at 1107, when I refreshed it, the book downloaded and I started reading it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you have a problem. I was like, no, I don't. I just love to read. And then I woke up and read more this morning and it's already a great story. I mean, its I'm, I'm excited to finish it probably tomorrow. <laughs> Dude. And then I got to figure out what to read. But there's a couple of books that came out recently that look really interesting to me. One of them is The Oral History of the Sopranos.
1: Dude, um, I think, I'm just going to say go grab that one. Yeah. Because that reminds me of the oral history of um, The Wire. It was fantastic, sensational, whatever other words you want to use to it. And so I can't imagine the oral history of the Sopranos uh, would not be just as good.
0: Yeah, And, and then there's another one that came out that also came out yesterday that is about Led Zeppelin that that kind of goes really in depth with that. And it's supposed to be, and I'm not even a Led Zeppelin fan, but it, I like books about big time rock acts. Okay. Like I wasn't a Motley Crue fan until I read their book, The Dirt. And it just made me interested in Motley Crue just because, I, I mean, if it's going to be an open and honest portrayal of the rock star life. I think that's something that all of us get fascinated by from time to time.
1: No, I I think so. I think so. Um, You know, my former radio partner, uh, Will Chambers, Led Zeppelin was his group. Yeah, that's right. It was loves them and everything about them and can, you know, lip sync every song they ever made. So uh, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's, uh, he would be out, uh, as they say, champing at the bit to uh to get that book
0: yeah there's a few i mean i always peruse through new releases and see if anything comes up and it's always hit and miss you never know but yeah i mean uh, it's just I, i like keeping an eye out for just interesting stuff that's coming around well i finally got
1: on my trip to jackson i got deep into uh the sam jackson book that's the biography about his career and you're right it is interesting as they go through the movies and tell you some interesting stuff about the movies uh that he was that he was in and then, uh, and so I find it really interesting. I think I'm on chapter 12, so I still got a little ways to go. I'm about halfway through. But there's another book out there, and I just saw that I have enough credits to go get it.
0: Oh, fancy.
1: It's a sad book, but I'm going to read it. And it's uh, Ivan Mazel. Many of you may know him from Sports industry. Yeah, History. yeah, yeah. I know him because I worked with him at the Dallas Morning News for four or five years, or it seems like that, back in the early 90s before he went to ESPN. Well, his son... I believe they think he committed suicide by just kind of falling into the, uh, into a river and yeah. just drowning, yeah. which seems like an incredibly sad way to go um, of your own volition. Um, well, he wrote a memoir about getting the phone call that your son is missing and, you know, all that he went through and then trying to put the grief in order. And he's such a uh, fascinating writer and he's a good friend, even though I don't talk to him all that often that uh, I just wanted to hear his story and, you know, just kind of uh, go through his pain with him as uh, as as he talks about his son and the lessons that he learned.
0: Uh, you know, through this horrible experience. All right, yeah. So there you go. Just some some books coming up, and I don't know. There's another book. Oh, what was there's a book I can't remember now. I put it on my wish list on my Kindle wish list, so you can put stuff on there so you can go back later and remember what you thought looked cool.
1: Oh, and see, I'm gonna tell y'all, say a little prayer for Taylor because Taylor's working on a book proposal. Of his own.
0: Look at you but, uh,
1: for the JJT Media Group. All right, and, then we'll uh, have to get your book one day. I was gonna say, hopefully, we'll be able to talk about it in how about this man? Just a few weeks. That'd be pretty awesome. Because it's a high-profile dude. I'd be I'd be writing about, and I'm uh, I'm I'm what's it? Cautiously, optimistically excited.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to that then. And then we'll have to see if your book's any good
1: yeah and if it's not just say it
0: is <laughs> I'm like I don't know Jacques I got like three choppers into it I was like I can't this is horrible hey dog you ain't got to keep it real with me just tell everybody's great <laughs> no I think it'll be fine the other thing is did you see I thought this was interesting and even though I, I don't live in Dallas anymore and I'm in Birmingham now I mean obviously my family still lives in the DFW area and I'll be back for a few days at Christmas but I came across this article in the Dallas Morning News today and I clicked on it because I was like, man, what? This is interesting. Because the headline is this Did you know that DFW has a river walk? I was like, what? Like San Antonio? What the hell, you talking
1: what the hell are you talking about, Matt?
0: Right. And that's what I said. So apparently, this is a new development. It's in Flower Mound. It's called the River Walk at Central Park, which is a man made water feature. Really? Yeah, and, and so it's this thing, and on on the shores of this Riverwalk are different restaurants and bars that are now going to be opening. It's open right now. Yeah, I mean it is. We got to ask
1: Ed. We got to ask Edward about about. You know, Todd Archer lives in Flowerman.
0: Yeah, we should have asked him about it, but I, I I'd forgotten about it. So they bought this property in 2013. They spent 400 million dollars on construction to oh turn it into God. a riverfront oasis with restaurants, bars two hotels, a hospital, and a wedding reception hall, like an area for that. And so this sounds really interesting. There's an Italian restaurant. There is a uh, play, like a Mexican Tex-Mex type restaurant. There is a 6,000-square-foot bar with ping-pong and foosball. And then next year, they will open up Boi Nebraza, which is one of those Brazilian steakhouse places. And then yeah. Parliament, which if it's the Parliament that's in uptown – then it's a, I mean, Parliament is one of my all-time favorite craft cocktail bars. Is it now? What makes it so good? The drinks are insane. The bartenders, it's like you're walking back in a time when you go in there. It's super chill, and you can, it's one of those bars where you can kind of tell them what flavors you like, and they'll whip you up something, and it oh, just works. okay. All right, I got you. Yeah, there's a place here in Birmingham that does that. It's called the Collins Bar, and it's badass because you just walk in and they're like, what do you want? And you can order a drink. I mean, I can say I want an old fashioned or I could be like, um, you know, I like whiskey. I like sweet and I, I don't know, just surprise me. And then they might ask you, okay, do you like sour at all? And then, you know, you might name a couple of green. It's like, okay, cool. I got you. And then five minutes later, here you go. And you drink, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. So that's pretty cool. Wow. I've always thought the ability to do that mixologists, there's something to that, man. Dude, there ain't no joke now. They're really not. There's a difference between a good
1: bartender and just a guy bartender. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that, man. And if you got friends who are like real bartenders, mm -hmm. you're like, oh my God. Because they'll be like, hey, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Blah, 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 blah. So,
0: Uh oh, man. Sorry, man. But I got, I got a, I hate to be the the, the bearer of bad news, but the article that I just read. Yes is the number one most popular article on dallasnews.com. Number two is 10 Truce from the Cowboys lost to the Broncos. What's up, Doc? <laughs> what <can I> <laughs> Sorry. What can, what, can, what can I say, bro? Sorry this one bumped you for number one, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter, baby. Clicks pay the bills, baby. Clicks pay the bills, baby. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I was scrolling down. I was like, oh. I guess everybody else is like, what do you mean there's a river walk in Dallas? (laughs) I mean, that's a great headline. I was like, what? I was like, there is not. I I mean, I was like in my brain. I was like, where the hell is there a river walk in DFW? And how have I never been there? (laughs) And then, of course, you find out it's some brand new development that's just now being opened, And then that makes sense. It is time, as we do every week, we always check in with our ESPN Cowboys Insider, brought to you by Blue Star Motor Group. You can check out all their vehicles at bluestarmotorgroup.com. Todd Archer joining us. Uh, Any thoughts on Sunday, or did you already flush that one and walk off out of the restroom?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um that's an interesting way of putting it
1: and what's, that, and you what's know, that what's the name of that spray that you use in the restroom poo poo
0: potpourri poo poo potpourri yeah poo did, yeah. did, 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 did you
1: did you spray some of that around your game store?
2: for a shock, let's not don't <laughs> act like you don't know what that stuff is because you know you've had that in your bathroom for years <laughs> um I, I want to say it's a one-off, right? And I, mm-hmm. I mean, because that was so unlike any other game that they played this season. And we've talked about it before, how there's going to be a game that the Cowboys will play that they're going to lose. You're going to be like, how the heck did they lose that one? And and maybe this one is it. But it's just funny how one game can kind of, like, sway your feelings, right? Like, before, I'm like, there's no way to stop the Cowboys' offense. If you want to stop the run, they'll throw it all over you. If you want to stop the pass, well, they are run it all over you. And uh, defense, well... They're helped because no one can stop the offense. So it limits what the opposing team can do. Well, Denver, I, I'm not going to sit and say Denver showed a blueprint because there are opportunities to make plays, and we saw the drop that the Cowboys had, like Mari Cooper and TD and uh, Pollard, I think, had a drop as well. So they're – and Dak played, what do we want to call it, just say one of his worst games like for that, that he's played in a long time? Going back maybe yeah. to before Amari got here.
1: Yeah, it was up there. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen him that so, bad in a while.
2: Yeah. You know, you want to say it's a one-off, but then you're like, well, all right. The 6-2, you know, Atlanta, if they could come in here and do some of those same things, and then they win, then gosh, then they got to go to Kansas City. And, yeah, the Chiefs are struggling, and but it's still going to be Patrick Mahomes and that, that defense and how they're going to stop him, blah, blah, blah. And then, well, it's the Raiders on on Thanksgiving, and the Raiders can throw it on anybody, and they got a bunch of players on offense that can put up points. And then after that, it's New Orleans. And all of a sudden, you're like, good gosh, you're never going to win another game. So, like, two weeks ago, we never thought the Cowboys were going to lose. And now you can, like, talk to scenarios of, like, well, they're going to lose the next four. And and that's funny how (laughs) this thing changes. Not that it does change, but your thought process can change based off of one result, right? And, And, I, I want to say, well, Buffalo lost to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, these things happen, right? And, and right, right, and, and and maybe they do. But this game takes on an added significance in my mind this week, based on everything else that we just said. Because if you lose this one, th- then you're into a you know a three games in an eleven day stretch where you, you better win two of those three, and not any of them are really given. So this is a, this is a bigger bigger game when you think of it from a from another context, context after such a bad loss against Denver.
1: Yeah, I think um I'm going to address this because I don't think it's true. Um and you kind of mentioned it. I don't think Vic Fangio Fangio came up with any blueprint to stop the Cowboys offense because the Cowboys as, as you mentioned, we saw mari Cooper dropping third down pass. He's wide open. I thought he was taking that thing to the house. We saw Tony Pollard drop, t- drop a wide open third down pass. We saw Dak miss CeeDee Lamb once, maybe twice on deep balls that he normally hand delivers for touchdowns. And so if the Cowboys had played their normal game, which they didn't, uh, they'd have done their normal thing. And so the Broncos get credit for for beating them and holding them to 290 yards and 14 first downs and 18 minutes of time of possession. But if you watch the game, you know there are opportunities there for the Cowboys to be be them usual selves and that, uh, you know, Denver was good, but this wasn't like they just shut them down and they had no chance.
2: Well, everything you said is accurate and true, but let's look at the other side of the ball. No, I don't want
1: to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Denver punked the Cowboys, right? I mean, that's what they did. I mean, 190 and yards rushing. They, yeah, they, they had six plays of more than 20 yards, or maybe even more than that. It's six explosive runs, at least I know what Dan Quinn calls them. There are 14 missed tackles, a season high. Yeah, they got some pressure on Bridgewater, but two straight games now not a takeaway. So, to me, this this game was a perfect illustration of of how the Cowboys have to play to be successful, that they're not just going to be able to think the defense is going to carry the day. Even when Cooper Rush played against Minnesota, they still move the ball effectively in that game to yeah. where that aided their, their defense because they weren't on the field for 41 minutes, like they were against the Broncos. This is a, this has to be a complementary team to where the offense is pulling more than its fair share of the weight because they got to protect the defense, and I think the defense was exposed, especially against the run. Now the good news: Atlanta either doesn't run or can't run the ball this week, so that should should help the Cowboys bounce back. I think the defense will play better than it did, but it's still dependent on how well their offense plays. That's the blueprint, right? That if, if you can control the tempo of the game against the Cowboys, maybe they'll press and try. Yeah, I thought, and I said it, I asked Jack telling uh, this question. I thought Jack Prescott was trying to throw a 10-point touchdown. He was looking for, like, the biggest play, and that was so undack like Like, he was looking for, like, the, the deep balls of CD that you talked about, when he could have just got first downs or some of the stuff underneath that, that appeared to be open. Right. It was just not dak like
1: Yeah,
0: I think he lost patience. Yeah, but again, it kind of goes back to what you were saying originally, Todd. That it, don't we all just kind of believe that's a one-off type thing? Where it was so out of what we had seen all season, and even last year when Dak was healthy for that that type of performance. That I just can't re- believe that he replicates that level again, and the receivers, and the offensive line, and all all that other stuff all at once in one game.
2: Right. And and I'll, I'll be honest with you, like when when Denver traded Von Miller, I'm like, oh, well, this game's done. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I could have named their front seven and say, oh, well, that guy's really good. But then you come out of that thing, you're like, gosh, dang, the Broncos drafted really well. they got a lot of young guys who could fly around and they're playing really well. And, and they lost guys during that game on both sides of the ball, and they still kind of punked the Cowboys. So, you know, this was the first game in my mind where, like, the Cowboys receivers – didn't create that separation for easy throws and tight ends for that matter too, um, and, and so if you have players that can replicate that, that's going to help you. I just don't know if there's a lot of teams out there that, team wise or individual wise, can replicate it uh, the, the, the way that Denver played. That like I went into thinking like, gosh, I'm only allowing 17 points a game, and then you look at their schedule I'm like, okay, well that's why they're scoring 17 a game against them because they played the Jets and the Panthers and the whoever the hell else they play. They weren't playing the like high high end offenses up to that point.
1: Right.
0: So the real question that everybody wants to know as we move forward, and and you take what you get from the Broncos and, and like you said, you kinda look at the Falcons, but man, somebody's gotta kick the ball. Who's it gonna be?
2: <laughs> well, I heard Jock since he was meeting with Jerry today, I heard Jock was heading <laughs> over there to for their tryouts for the kickers. Um I'm a, a soccer. He was a soccer goalie back in the day. I don't know if yep, people knew yep. that. No, he's mentioned know, it
0: he's a handful <laughs> twenty times. So yeah,
2: he's got a he's got a kicking background. He's a hell of a FIFA player. Um, you know, he, he'll 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 beat you in some video games. So maybe Jacques will be,
1: you know. And uh, I would like to also of... let the record show that I am a felt two hundred pounds today, and so you know, i am in fantastic shape.
0: <laughs> yep. All right, but, there it uh, is.
2: Congr- congratulations! But that was apropos of nothing.
1: Um, I don't know how that helped you kick. uh it Means I'm in great shape. My legs are good. My quads are defined. My hamstrings are tight. I don't think you want tight hamstrings.
0: I was going to say, don't you want the opposite of that when you're trying to kick above your head?
1: Y'all know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm fine. I'm in great shape. Just let I me mean, work with me. Damn. <laughs>
0: God. <laughs> but, but that was one of the phone calls I was making
2: to before we got on the calls, like who are they have coming in for a kicker? And you know, they've had the Lerum. I don't want to butcher the kid's last name that they signed at the end of training camp that kicked in the last preseason game. He was on the practice squad for a week. I'm sure he's going to be among the guys that will be brought back for some look or tryout. Um, right. With, with, Zerline going on the COVID list. They'll, they'll, you know, the Washington football team just released their kicker, so you at least have a guy who has been active kicking. and in-game this year. Maybe that's the guy that you look at. So, um, I, I was, you know, Zerline's missed two field goal, four field goals and two PATs, I think, uh, this season. I was actually kind of wondering why they didn't have a kicker on the practice squad anyway. Like, right. you've got four quarterbacks around. Why not keep an extra kicker? You, you have, you know, 82 practice squad slots. Just keep a kicker just in case. And then you know that you got a guy who's been active with you, been practicing, been doing all these things. Um, maybe now, uh, especially if player acquisition is 365 days a year and 24 <laughs> hours and 7 days a week, that might have been something you'd want to do but now we'll see how good they are at finding a kicker
1: yeah I think uh, you don't miss Zerline until you don't have Zerline and you realize hey Zerline's better than what's out there in the streets even though he drives you crazy by missing what we deem makeable kicks and but then delivering and, uh, with the game on the line
2: right right and well and, and look they're, they're never going to do this but a couple weeks ago I asked John Fossil who's your emergency kicker when that deal happened with Pittsburgh and he mentioned Brian Anger I'm like yeah but like you yeah, have like a a field player that could do this in case something were to happen. Remember Jeff, Heath kicked some PATs and yeah. maybe even a field goal against <laughs> yeah. the Niners a couple years ago. That was awesome. Um, and he, he mentioned Azor Camara and he also mentioned Tyler Biotis. And I do remember yet Biotis either in training camp or during OTAs this year or last year, kicking a field goal where if he made it, you know, no night meetings or something. And he did make it. So <laughs> they can, while Jacques is now a swelled 200 pounds, <laughs> They could roll out the 310-pound kicker in Tyler Biotis if they so choose or or deem it necessary in an emergency uh, this weekend.
0: Is Tyron Smith going to miss another game against Atlanta on Sunday?
2: Yeah, you listen to Dr. Jerry on the flagship today, and when he (laughs) says, we'll see, that kind of tells you that he's not going to be available this week. Mm. Now, Jerry, you know, for all these years that Jerry talked about this thing, I don't know why he says it this way when he says, well, it's really a pain tolerance thing that's putting a whole heck of a lot of heat on a guy to play when you're saying it's not that it can get worse. It's just can you withstand the pain? He's a tough dude. Like when you say it that way, it's almost like you're questioning how tough a guy is. So the phrase geology is never, never a good thing when you hear it that way, but just based on Jerry's answer, it doesn't, sound like it on today when we're taping this podcast maybe some things change as they as they get into wednesday thursday friday uh but i would almost expect to see terrence Steele as your left tackle uh for the second straight week based on what we know right now and as jock like to say sports are fluid so sports are fluid. Uh,
1: what uh terrence Steele didn't play very well last week what do you what would you expect from him this week
2: Play better? <laughs> um <laughs> <You> hope so. <laughs> right. And, and, look, I don't know. There wasn't too many guys in the offensive line that played all that well. Um, e- either. And, and, well, not just offensive line, and offense, really. Um, so, I, I think, you know, another game over there gives them some more comfort. Uh, another week of practice out there. And, and maybe if he struggles again, then they, they would feel more comfortable with making an in-game switch with Ty and But, you know, for the – everybody who says, why don't they make Leo Collins a left tackle? He's not done it since he's been a Cowboy. He's been a Cowboy since 2015. Like, that would be like asking us to go cover the Stars. Yeah, I like hockey, and I watch hockey, but I've not seen the Stars in part because I don't know what – folly sports is, but it would take me a while to get used to covering the Stars after covering the Cowboys for as long as I've covered them. It's not an apples to apples, but I think you're getting my point. It's not like, well, just throw the right tackle on the left side. and He should be good. He's never taken a snap there, ever, <laughs> since he's been with the Cowboys. It's not that simple. So it's Terrence Steele and Ty and Secky in my mind if, if you don't see Tyron
0: Smith this week. Michael Gallup, he back finally?
2: He back, you said he
0: back, is he back. Yes, right. I mean, it, it's All I right, was, so I I to was say, shortening the sentence. Back. Yeah, he back. I'm shortening the answer. <laughs> oh, I got you. All right, so he's good to go. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's he be backing up and active this week. Um, um And, you know, that helps, right? I, and we've seen the offense, again, before Denver, we've seen the offense flourish. So people think, like, ah, what you, do you need Michael Gallup? Well, yeah, you need Michael Gallup because he's the guy who can take the top off and he's a, he's made some big catches and contested catches. And I do think there is an element of CD and Amari and Cedric Wilson, in, 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 at least from Cedric's case, in, in limited circumstances maybe, and this is a fair. I think, I think Gallup makes the best contested catches of anybody on the team, if I'm being honest with you. Like, just going up and getting the ball and taking it away from people and, and holding right. on to it. So I think they've missed an element of that. And, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about, well, if Gallup has a season that we're thinking he's going to have, then that makes Amari expendable. So, you know, I, 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 I think anytime you can add a guy like Michael Gallup back to the Rockers, it's a good thing for an offense, even if it has mostly rolled along without him for the last six games, seven games.
1: Uh, what do you think about so many players saying, hey, we needed this, we were flat? I understand it,
2: but I don't – why? Why do you need that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that tells you they were what, – what was it, a couple of years ago when Dak was talking about this team when they were 3-0? and like, We were sniffing ourselves. So if they think right. they needed that, then they were sniffing themselves. And we can ask that question, and they would rarely answer the affirmative because that means we're pointing out something that they don't want to admit to. But they can admit it first, right? So it's, it's all good then. It's not – slaps like us coming up with such a narrative um, that, that they don't want to agree with anything we say. So uh, that, 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 that is concerning because what have you done? Yeah, you've won six in a row, but if you want to be a great team, it's not about winning six games in a row. It's about winning the next game and then the next game and the next game and, and building on and everything. So why were you sniffing yourself a little bit here? That, that's a little concerning. And, again, it goes back to what we said in the beginning – why this game takes on a little more added significance um, in terms of how this season can go and what it can be. You know, next Tuesday we might be talking after a 35-10 to 10 win and say, okay, that was a one-off uh, against Denver. And now you're, you'll see this season shape up against Kansas City, the Raiders, New Orleans in the next three games and say, you win all three of those, well, then you're truly legit, and and fighting for potentially home field advantage uh, in the NFC. And and that matters this year when there's only one team that gets, gets a bye.
0: Is there anything to make of Dan Quinn and his, I mean, he hasn't gone up against Atlanta, obviously since he has been with the Cowboys and left Atlanta. Is there anything there? Has he talked about that at all?
2: Yeah. I asked him about that yesterday and he had, he had his answer written down because he kept checking his notes (laughs) as as he was uh, talking to us. And, you know, a lot of great memories and uh grateful for arthur blank and the privilege it was to coach the players that he had there and do 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 but he he kept coming but he immediately came back to we got some s to fix here because of what happened against the broncos so he's trying to like push that narrative away but you know there is something to this week for him whether he wants to admit it or not and maybe even DeMonte Casey and Keanu Neal because they played for him there. Um, by and large, through the first eight games, there's nothing you can really quibble about Dan Quinn and what this defense has done when you look at the total picture, right? This has been better than people would have expected. To me, the biggest and the most impressive part about Dan Quinn is how he's changed, and you can see it statistically. He was When he was in Atlanta and even in Seattle, they were a top, I'll say, top three team in terms of single-high defenses. That's all that they played. I right? think of Chris Shard here with the Cowboys and, and even Rod Marinelli. And the, the, they played single-high. That was like their predominant coverage. Well, now the Cowboys this year, there's only one other team that plays more man coverage, and that's New Orleans. They're, they're doing things that are undan Quinn-like. So to me, that tells me he used his time off, what he called his after-action after he got fired, and, and looked at himself and said, I can't continue this way. That's pretty that, – that, that's a good thing from a coach because a lot of times we've seen coaches – there might have been a former head coach here that had two other stops in the AFC before he got here that really got let go everywhere he'd been for the same reason. I love Wade Phillips. We all love Wade. But he essentially got let go – from every head coaching job because of the same reasons everywhere he'd been. He'd been too lax on the players. Dan Quinn changed. He changed his MO. He changed what he was from a single high guy to now a man coverage guy and mixing coverages and, and you know, empowering his, his secondary coach and his and and whatever we want to call George Edwards, senior defensive assistant or linebackers coach, whatever. You know, he, he's he's – he's been different. And I think, you know, if if Jason Garrett gets another head coaching job, do we really think Jason's going to change? Or is he just going to double down on, on the things that worked okay for a little bit here, but ultimately wasn't good enough to get past the second round. He's going to be the same guy. And I, so I give Dan Quinn some credit for altering who he is. Yeah. You're right there, Zach. What what are we pounding on the table for?
1: I wouldn't do anything. I didn't even know.
0: You made some, you made some noise. Did I? Yeah, you did max a good I mean, yeah, I tell you, when you move a microphone around, it picks it up. I don't know.
1: I think I put my feet on the table.
0: Yeah, I, I gave up pointing out all this. I mean, I I don't know what to do. He just, I'm sorry, <laughs> man. He just, JJT Media head. Group. Hey, man, we we just, yeah. <laughs>
1: what can I say? We just trying to do what we do, man. Matt's just pulling out his hair. He's he's probably mouthing to his lady friend. <laughs> the fuck is he doing? Oh. No, but it is. Why funny. are you with
2: Jerry? Can you tell us why you're yeah. with Jerry today?
1: You'll have to listen to the podcast, Todd. I've already talked about that. <laughs> me and Jerry were okay. taking COVID tests together because I had an assignment at the start today. I'll text it to you. But Jerry, I was you hanging out with
2: me your COVID test.
1: Nope. <laughs> I was I was hanging out with QB one for a while today. Wow. Oh. Looks, oh. oh, Man, oh look Oh. And look at you. Oh.
2: oh. How's, how's Cooper Rush doing?
1: Yeah. Oh, you! I'm gonna tell Dak you got jokes about him. I'm gonna tell him that you referred to I Cooper Rush as QB one.
2: I got jokes for you, not for Dak. And you knew it was a joke.
1: Oh, I'm not sure. I take everything you say very seriously.
2: Yeah, sure
0: you do. <laughs> All right, Todd Archer, we appreciate I'm, it, man. I'll text that's you. It, we're done. Yep, we that's got nothing it. else. That's it, as far as I know. Oh, uh, well, I don't I mean, know. How's how's Fulham doing?
2: Uh, they're uh, in second place in the championship league so they're on pace to get uh, promoted back to the premier league uh, this year So nice uh, only, like uh, only a it. point or two out of first uh, they lead the league in goal differential uh,
1: right, so Jeff. yeah
2: it, 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 if they didn't make it back this year I was officially done I was going to drop were back, you so.
1: that's big news because yeah. Todd's been a Fulham fan and we're talking uh, premier league soccer here since, well champions uh, since, league well I know but you know I don't nobody knows who the champions league is do they uh, since But Todd's been a big soccer guy. People watch Ted Lasso, year. man. Come on. Uh, you know what? They do. So there's probably bigger. And Todd and I went to a Fulham game when we were spending some time in Jolly Old Lingland a few years ago. Lingland? Where's Lingland? Yeah, I was like, Lingland?
0: <laughs> jolly Old Lingland. I was hoping I didn't hear that. How can you not? It's like you think the microphones don't work. What do you mean? You can hear me burp? You heard me cough? You heard me yawn? You heard me open my can? I don't get it. Jeez. We might have had some shepherd's
2: pie before the game, I think, as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably went to Leicester Square. We had a good time. A good time.
2: Who, here's a te- here's the question for you, Josh. Who did they play that day or that night? I guess.
1: Oh, I have no clue <laughs> at all. I have no me- clue. All right,
2: do you, m- do you remember the score of the game? So Don't It wasn't one nothing. So I know you're gonna. I was, say
1: I was guessing two one.
2: Uh, it was 2-2 they were trailing 2 nothing, 2 nil early and came back and tied it up against Blackpool
1: I would was have a never really that.
2: terrible a really terrible team uh,
1: later on I did get to see as we go off the exit ramp here I did get to go see Manchester United play Crystal Palace at uh, Old Trafford Trafford that was a good that was an adventure
2: you and Mr. Sham
1: sure. there you go and uh, I believe uh, Christy Sideline was there too
2: yeah, Think thinking about I, that. I, I, I remember I, that.
1: I bought a Manchester United jacket, even though I'm a city fan, because I needed some
0: gear just to Jeez. prove my business. Okay. A, why are you
2: a city fan? Why are you a Manchester City
0: fan? Yeah, what's wrong with you?
1: You, you don't know this? I was a Manchester City fan because me and um, Mark Stein, who's also grew up in Buffalo or spent some time in Buffalo as a kid, we bonded over playing FIFA when he first came to the Dallas Morning News years ago at my house. And he talked me into City. And so I became a City fan because he was a City fan.
2: And and to give Mark credit, City was not City the way it is now. That's what I'm saying. They, they weren't good were, yeah. when I was
1: when I became a fan. They weren't any good. I was just a fan because they had the old Buffalo Braves, Columbia blue, Carolina blue colored uniforms.
0: And Stein was a fan. So I became a yeah. Fan. their kids are sharp looking, man. I like their colors. Look at
1: you, they're kids, yeah, brother. I play FIFA, yeah. calm down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeez. So that's how I
1: became a uh, that's how I became a City fan. Now that's so the go for today. All right. <laughs> I hope nobody fast forwarded through this part. Everybody did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well make they're all losers. Quote. I should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make right, the pull out quote where where you point out like, Why are you so mad? Were you pounding the table? And then Jack what are you talking about? I don't make any noise.
1: And then, and then you proceed to point out like nine noises I made. Yeah. I feel I feel so bad now.
0: I feel like I've somebody on my side finally. It's wonderful. <laughs> well, screw both of you guys. All right, Todd. We appreciate it, man. All right. Yep. All right. See All you guys, next week. bro. all right there he is ESPN Cowboys insider Todd Archer as always brought to you by Blue Star Motor Group you can check out their superior quality Carfax certified pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models online at BlueStarMotorGroup.com or you can give Deb a text you can give her a call 817-881-4066 whether you're looking to buy or sell, because I saw the other day you had posted somebody that had reached out to Deb about selling their vehicle to Blue Star Motor Group.
1: We tell you all the time, man. They buy them, they sell them. The Johnson family. Yes, the Johnson. He also listens to the podcast, man. Very nice. Sold their Honda SUV to Deb and Mike. That's the way uh, it they did had the Johnson family and the little baby out there. Uh, said they're loyal listeners, so we appreciate you guys. But uh, we've, we've told y'all from the jump, man. It's all about win-win with Deb and Mike, man. They want you to feel good. They want to feel good. And then you'll come back and you'll bring them repeat business
0: because they want everybody to feel good at the end of the deal.
1: And that's what happened the other day.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, reality of it is anytime you are looking to buy or sell a vehicle, you owe it to yourselves to contact Deb. At least check in with her. Be like, hey, here's the deal. And and at least start the process there. Or if you've already started the process, you like, well, I told this one guy at this one dealership. I don't care. Call Deb and be like, this is what this one dealership is telling me. And just see what Deb has to say for you. Because they're going to be able to beat the price nine times out of 10 because they have lower overhead. It's just her and her husband. They're going to work with you to find that deal that works for you and your budget. It's 817 817 881-4066, online at bluestarmotorgroup.com. And I tell you all the time, man, just go there. They've got cars, budget cars that won't break the bank, and they've got high roller cars. If you are looking for something a little more fancy, if you're looking for the type of thing Jacques likes to drive, they've got it. They've got it all. It's everywhere there for you. Give her a call. 817-881-4066 or online at bluestarmotorgroup.com. So I got to tell you this. Yes, sir. Because we were, we were having fun with, with Todd about the noises that you make. I have <laughs> yes. a couple of friends who listen to the podcast, and they will text me and be like, oh, how does he he, he breathe right into the mic? I just heard it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> and I don't know why, it just cracks me up. And I thought that was funny that Todd, because I knew that you had just barely moved the mic, and Todd thought you were pounding a table. So,
1: uh, You know, man. It's funny. What can I say? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a barrel of laughs. I'm instant uh, I'm instant emotion, laughing emoji.
0: <laughs> instant emotion, laughing emoji. I like that one. And the
1: funny thing is I don't try to do none of this. I try to be discreet and quiet like a little mouse and I just get Dude, exposed.
0: You remind Dude. me of a drunk girl coming home at 2 a.m. <laughs> Thinking you're not making any noise and yet you've opened every door. You knock something over. What? Did I make noise? And I'm I tried. did. Dude, you don't believe how hard I'm trying to be quiet. And it's just a f- utter fail. And she's just like, I was trying not to wake you up. Oh, okay. Were you trying when you dropped your keys coming in the front door and tripped on the rug? I mean, tore down the curtains. Good Lord. It is fun. But I, I will tell you this. As we get back on track here, before we move forward let's also tell you about hfx foundation repair have you noticed cracks in your in i mean these are cracks like anywhere like you can see them in the floor you can notice doors sticking things like that this is the time now to give hfx foundation repair a call perhaps you've already had estimates you've had people come out but you want a second opinion when you call hfx you're not going to get some random sales, dude. You're going to get Aaron. He's the guy that runs this thing. It's local. It's family owned. He will come out personally and make sure that you know you're taken care of. And Right now, HFX Foundation Repair also offers quick and easy third-party financing. So Again, give them a call. It's a free, no-obligation inspection.
1: I think the thing about it is, man,
0: it, not only is it free, but it's, it, it gives you peace of
1: mind. Uh, You have HFX come over, give your house the once over. We call it a colonoscopy for your house. Because if you get a clean bill of health, you ain't got to worry about nothing for a long time. And if there is a problem, chances are, chances are, they found it in the early stages. And Mm -hmm. it costs you a fraction of what it costs you if you wait till the end of the road. So give Aaron and HFX a call, let them do that for you and uh have some peace of mind.
0: No, for sure. I mean th- this is something you just don't want to mess with. Let him handle it for you. 817-770-0174 or just schedule an appointment. Again, a free no obligation inspection. They'll if you have no issues, they'll tell you. You're good and they'll just walk away. That's it. 817-770-0174 or online at hfxfoundation.com. So as we move on here, let's we haven't done peep show in a while. Now sometimes we throw it into the block and and we had kind of talked about this a little bit, but did you have an opportunity yet? I don't know if you did. I did not. Okay. But I know you did. I did. And
1: so I was I was willing to ride with that. I did uh,
0: because Dexter has returned and season Technically, this is not. This is what's interesting to me because I, I did some reading on this after the episode came out, right. and they do not consider it. Which I don't know how it isn't, but they're not saying that it's season nine. They're not saying, and the writer said that just because ten years have passed in this world, that just too much would have gone on, that they they don't want it to feel like it's supposed to continue from season eight.
1: So this is like season one. I guess, but uh, again. Are they calling it Dexter? Or are they calling it the new no, Dexter?
0: They're or? calling it Dexter. It's called Dexter New Blood.
1: Okay, so it's got a new name. And
0: Dexter the intros totally different. One. It's not the old intro that it used to be. But he does okay. reference stuff from, like, he talks about Miami being nice, and it's obvious that it's him. And, and you find out, well, I, I, I won't ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but it, it's, I will say this, because you never know what to think at least for episode one they got dexter back to what made it good in the first place
1: okay i see you tweeted that out and i was going to say because you should be able to explain this without telling too much of the plot and stuff because you can refer to the old series Mm -hmm. what did they do that brought it back to what made dexter good in the first place like what did you think made dexter good the first time
0: well i think originally when they did the show you had interesting characters but you didn't have all that. It, it, it felt really forced, I thought, at the end. With, with the forced yeah. relationships, and he had the kid, and they were trying to, and now these people are chasing them. And it, it seemed like they were just forcing some stuff that just didn't work. But I thought that what everybody really enjoyed about when Dexter was early on was the idea that here's a guy who works in law enforcement, who is an expert. Hey, He has the most perfect cover that you'll ever have. He's a blood splatter expert. But he has a code, and he only kills. So all of us had that. I felt like we all had that kind of thing when we would watch it. Going, I mean, I'm watching this guy kill people, but I'm glad he's doing it because these are horrible people. But yet he's well, hey, still murdering them. They gave they made they gave him humanity. Right. They, they did. Him, you know.
1: You know. For a long time, I think that's what made Walter White so good on Breaking
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Breaking Bad. They gave they made him they gave him a sense of humanity, and you could see he's doing all these bad things, but. That's not really his fault. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is for his fault, but, you know, uh, you know, who but I, for the grace of God, could be put in a situation where we might have to do this. And so, uh, you know, it's hard to make a serial killer humane, but they did
0: it. Yeah. And, and I think that you get back how about this? to a little bit of that. Likeable.
1: And even that's hard right.
0: And and he had like real world problems and, and the work nuisances, but. It just seemed to make sense. Like, you understood it, and I feel like they kind of... At least are... And again, this is just one episode. For all uh, I know, it, it it starts to get wonky, but for one episode, they kind of went back to what I thought made it cool in the first season, and the reasons why you liked Dexter, even though he was somewhat of a villain, I guess, in some sense.
1: No, nah, he was a villain. Ain't no somewhat. He was a villain. You can't just run around taking
0: blood slides and killing people. I know, that. man, but it, it, it's... <laughs> I mean, honestly, didn't all of us kind of hope that there's somebody out there that's like that for these people that we know are guilty, but because of a technicality in the law, he just laughs his way out of court because they forgot to read him as Miranda rights, even though he just murdered a family of four or some crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Dexter, I would, yeah, I mean, and, and he'd find him and kill him. And you're like, you know what? That's I guess it's not legal justice, but it's ethical justice or whatever you want to call it. It's just some sort of justice, something, so yeah. that. But yeah, I I we thought episode something. one. I mean, I'm, I was stoked. I am bummed because they're only doing one episode a week. So, see, Showtime does that stuff all the time. Yeah, man, I, I'm just, and I get it because then, I mean, silly me, I probably should have just waited, and I didn't want to wait. All right, <laughs> I just, I didn't want to wait. So now I'm paying to watch Dexter when I could have waited two months, gotten a free trial, and watched it all at once. Which I'm probably going. To do. <laughs> I had some friends say that at the station the other day. He was like, "Yeah, I'm just probably wait. going to do it." And I was like, probably. "Yeah, I probably should have, but I wanted to watch it." And you know, there's so why
1: you got it, you should watch if you haven't seen it. Why you have
0: Showtime, you should watch Brian Cranston's
1: uh, deal too.
0: Oh yeah, what's the name of that? I can't remember. Let's see if I can look it up. What do you mean, see yeah, if that, I can? I know I can because that show is phenomenal. Really? Is it The no, Judge? Yeah. it's Phenomenal. Yeah. It's okay. phenomenal. yeah. And so watch that Showtime. while you're
1: watching. Yeah, yeah, it's right. phenomenal, bro. It's Maybe
0: we'll phenomenal. check plus, that out tonight because plus, we're uh, you, trying to find I think something.
1: You can you can also watch Billions.
0: Yeah, Billions is on there and I've heard a lot of good stuff about that, oh, but Billions is phenomenal too. See, I don't know now because I I do I jump in on Billions now or do I just wait till the no, whole just, series wraps up? Uh, I'm, have you seen Billions before? No, I've not seen it at all.
1: Well then just start at season 1 cuz it's it's all great.
0: Okay. Oh, Your Honor. That's the name of the one that you're talking about. It's called yeah, Your yeah, Honor. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really good. Bro. Okay. Yeah, it premiered on Showtime a yeah. year ago, and it's been renewed for a second season. Yeah,
1: it, it makes sense. It needs a second season, but uh, watch that. Watch Billions. Billions is really good, man. And You know, Will was a big fan of Billions. I never really got into it, and then something happened, because I love to star the lead character, because he was from... Uh, Damien Lewis? Damian Lewis a bad man. Yeah, he is, he's a, dude. He's a bad man. A bad man. He's such a good actor, man. I just like, you know what? I should just watch it because of him. And I got into it, and it was like, oh, shit. This is great.
0: Interesting. So apparently there are five seasons of Billions that premiered back in 2016, and season yep. six is on the way. Yeah, bro.
1: So check it out. It's good. Okay,
0: so there's 12 seasons, or 12, I'm sorry, 12 episodes a season. Yeah billions yeah see i always wondered about that one because it's all about like hedge funds and wealth and nah, finances it's a, so. well it is but it isn't it's about that
1: but it's like any show man it's about the characters and how they interact mm-hmm. and this the you know in that world where you're dealing with that level of money it's all about the backbiting and the backdoor deals and how you try to fuck somebody else before they fuck you <laughs> yes sir you know it's all about that so that's I- what makes Billions was a good series. Billions or your honor? Bro. Well, you know, it depends on what your commitment level is. If you're going to start at season one and ride with billions through season five, I'd say go with billions. If you're like, I don't know if I want to commit to that, then go with your honor because that's just one season.
0: Yeah, because we can knock that out pretty quick. Because right now, yeah. like tonight, as we record this on Tuesday evening, the final episode of American Crime Story Impeachment, the FX version of the Bill Clinton saga, the final episode of that airs tonight. So I know we're going to watch that because we really got into that. And, and it's it's been very interesting to see, you know, really kind of a story that I knew about, but wasn't really I mean, I was in high school and college when that happened. I didn't care if the president was getting done in the Oval Office. Who cares? But right, right, right. It's really been very, very well done. There will be people winning awards for this. I mean, the what's her name? Man, she's been in a ton of stuff that plays uh, Linda Tripp. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson is phenomenal as Linda Tripp. I mean, my God, you think it is Linda Tripp? <laughs> well, then she nailed it. Yeah, and then apparently next week, Netflix, I don't know what made me do this the other day, but I went and Googled for, I don't know, I guess because I was curious to see, oh, I know what it was. Lady Gaga is, yes. is about to come out in a movie called The House of Gucci. Yeah. And we, a preview for it came on the other day. I was like, man, this looks badass. And I'm watching that. go, man, she looks, who is? I? I'm like, oh my God, that's Lady Gaga. I was she like, holy angry? crap. She is going to get nominated for an actor, Best Actress for this thing.
1: Oh, she performed that well.
0: I mean, in the preview I saw, like, I couldn't even tell it was her, but she's getting a lot of award season hype. And so then that's what made me curious. So I Googled Oscar favorites for 2022. And right now the leader in the clubhouse is a movie that comes out this Friday called Belfast. And that's what I think is interesting. Like, how the hell does anybody know if it hadn't even been released yet? Hmm. But What's the answer? Bel- I I don't know. I guess some critics have seen it, but this is a Kenneth Branagh mu- uh, movie called Belfast. And then right behind it is a movie that comes out on Netflix next, next week called The Power of the Dog, which is a Benedict Cumberbatch uh, Western that looks really interesting. So there's a few of them. Cool. Yeah, so be ready for that. But that, yeah, I mean. Hell yeah. What else you've been watching in the peep show? Anything? That's...
1: No, I've been watching... um, I take it back. Um, I'll just throw this out there. Have you ever seen Insecure? No. On HBO? I have not. Um, It's a fantastic show because it's one of the most realistic shows. It's about a black woman and her trying to fit in a world, either through work or through relationships, just trying to fit in, and that's where Insecure comes from. Yeah. But what makes it such a good show is it's... You know what? Here is how I can describe it, bro. It's like a black version of Friends. All right, but here is the deal: so there is like one random white person in it, just briefly. Uh, I don't even think there is (laughs) that, which is which is which is fine. Uh, But what makes it a what the reason why I like the show is that black people wrote it, and they wrote it real, which means the characters talk the way black people talk. Yeah, it's not over the top. It's just normally it's it's literally the way black people talk to each other. And so the dialogue is on point. Um, the way they interact is on point, and it's it's just a it's a terrific show about you know normal black people trying to make it in life. Um, and Issa Rae is fantastic in it, and it came up, It's it's a it's derived from a YouTube show that she did, that she created. And you know when she did that, she was just doing it, and now she's become you know this huge megawatt star uh, because of that. Uh, but uh, so I've been watching that because they started their final season. And um, I went through and watched the first five seasons again Damn. <laughs> because I enjoyed it so
0: much. Knocking it out. Uh,
1: Yeah, well, you know, um, as a member of the JJT Media Group, I do a lot of work from home. So a lot of times I just have it on while I'm yeah, doing
0: other stuff. I got you.
1: Which is why I could watch it again because like, oh, I don't remember that scene. <laughs> and uh, so now nah, I've been watching that, man.
0: Yeah, it's good, man. We watched the other night this movie with Ryan Reynolds in it called, I want to say it was called, oh, Free Man is what it's called. And it's it's a similar idea of metaverse. And I didn't think it was as good as Ready Player One, but it's on that level. I thought it was good. I mean, I really enjoyed it, but it's about a guy. He's just known as Guy, and he discovers that he is actually just a background character in a video game but the people who wrote the code wrote it to see if they could create something like that, that would start becoming self-aware and learn from his interactions in the video game and everybody else in the game, you know, it'd be like if you were playing grand theft auto and you're in control of the main dude and somebody that you tried to rob was like, Hey, you can't rob me. Like, wait, what? (laughs) That's kind of wild. Yeah. So it's really interesting at first. And he comes across this girl and the girl is a character in the game, but in real life, she's somebody totally different. And so it, it, it's actually really well done. I thought it was very, very good. And it's it's Ryan Reynolds and the main girl in it is somebody named Jodie Comer, who I wasn't sure if I'd seen her in anything else before, but she's been around. She's been in something else, but I couldn't remember what it was. But it was, it, it was solid. It was well done. So, sounds like it. And uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because... I've
1: also been going back watching. I've been going back, going through my Denzel library. Like I watched the Equalizer.
0: The Equalizer. God, T. the Equalizer is uh, so freaking good, man.
1: Safe House. I watched another that. good one. Uh, so I, I've been, I've been going down Denzel memory lane because he's such a good actor. His movies are great, and I just enjoy watching. I've seen the Equalizer probably five times. I just like to watch
0: it. I mean, he is such a badass in that.
1: Yeah, but he's so understated about being yep, a badass. Exactly. You know what I mean? So he plays it like. I really don't want to hurt you, but I will.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like he he was, you know, it's like training day, obviously, which he won an Oscar for. You know, and I thought American Gangster was on TV the other day, and I watched (sighs) a little bit of that because he's so damn good in that. He plays characters, you know, you see this in training day, you see it in the equalizer, you see it in Book of Eli. You know what? Honestly, even to some degree in flight as the pilot, but he has the ability to play ruthlessness. That's super understated, like he, he can did. have this vicious side to him that it, it's not like he gets angry, but you right? see his just physical shape change. He's not vocalizing it, and then he's just going to kill you. Dude,
1: that's why he's good, man. That's I mean, why he's he good is. Too. That's why he's one of the best actors ever.
0: No doubt. I mean, two-time Academy Award winner, you know, because people forget he won Best Supporting for Glory way back in the day.
1: Dude. And I discovered him, meaning I found out about him um, in a soldier story, which is one of the great movies ever that not a lot of people talk about. And um, he was fantastic in that. And I think they say that's the one that really launched his career. Yeah,
0: because that was one of his very first movies ever.
1: Dude, I mean, he had a scene in there, man. Yeah. Uh, And that was uh, what's the guy's name? Adolf Caesar. Is that his name? Uh, he played the drill sergeant, and I mean, it's a great movie. It's it's such a good movie. It's the kind of movie that I'm like, I wonder if I can still find a DVD, because every now and then I'd like to watch it, because it's a collection of black star actors and actresses, really yeah. actors before they became who they became, and it's like it's got like eight of them in there, and you're like, oh my God, I remember, oh oh my God, he's in here too, yeah. So it's it's one of those kind of movies.
0: Yeah and then it's wild cuz you look at, you know, you think about his filmography and and you forget about like his first ever award nomination was Best Supporting for Cry Freedom he didn't win. He was awesome Steven in that. Pico. He yeah. he he won for Glory, he was nominated for Malcolm X, he won for Training Day, he was nominated remember the hurricane, he played Reuben Carter, he was a badass yeah. in that. Yeah. Nominated for Flight, man? nominated for Fences which fences was an adaptation and so was the soldiers play adaptations of broadway plays yeah you know that that really worked fences if, if you ever if people haven't seen fences that has an unbelievable Dude. cast
1: now fences is fantastic
0: i mean that uh, movie is is damn good especially if you like like elite level acting and yeah. dialogue you you will love fences i didn't realize a Soldier's story 1984 damn that is way back I was a junior in high school but that movie is fantastic yeah, man. I mean, he's been in so many, you know, remember he played Tom Hanks' lawyer in Philadelphia. Yep. He yep, was in yep, Crimson yep, yep. Tide. He was in Courage Under oh, Fire, The great, Preacher's Krims. Wife.
1: Dude, I love all those movies. That's why I say I, I was going down Denzel Memory Lane, because I love all of those movies except Philadelphia. I wasn't big into that.
0: And then you had uh what was it? The uh where Ray Allen played Jesus Shuttlesworth. Remember that he got game. Yep. He was his dad in that. Yep. I like
1: that one. So no, I mean Denzel's
0: probably Remember my the Titans? Actor. He's probably my favorite actor. Bro. God, man, I mean, has he made a movie that's not any good? I don't see one that I didn't yeah. like. You know,
1: man, I'm going way back. Uh, yeah, dude, because he did all those movies with Spike Lee. So you know, it's
0: yeah. It's, what's wild? I, I don't know how far you got in the Samuel L. Jackson book, but you know, he rolled around with with uh, him, uh, Lawrence Fitzburn and and Samuel L. Jackson were all kind of coming up together at that time. And it was Lawrence Fishburne and Denzel Washington that kind of got made a little bit beforehand and right. and kind of – not that they left Samuel L. Jackson behind, but I mean in a sense of career-wise. Yeah,
1: but it was – I'm sorry, go ahead. He
0: just – he had – there's some cool moments of him and, and just early, early on with him and Denzel and Lawrence Fishburne in that book.
1: Well, see, I was at the point where Fishburne and Sam Jackson were, I guess uh, – they weren't friends for a minute. I yeah. don't know how they are now because I haven't gotten that far in the book. But I know they weren't friends because I was like, "Nah, dude, I'm taking this role." Or you know, or maybe yeah. he was mad at Spike Lee. I can't remember. He was he was mad at Spike Lee for a while because Spike yeah, he was Lee mad was for yeah. peanuts.
0: Yep, he was pissed at Spike. Yeah. But he was he was saying how him and Lawrence Fishburne would always get mistaken for each other.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. And that's I was, it was like, are,
0: "How? They don't look anything alike. They don't even look remotely alike." Can I tell you something,
1: bro? I'm gonna tell you something. This is like when people mistake me for Clarence Hill. I'm, I'm serious. This has happened a thousand times that you, that to, both, make... to each to each of us, and we go, "You know what? We don't look anything alike." That doesn't even nothing make nothing alike. Sense. He's darker than me. He's got a beard. I mean, it's just that. I mean, we don't look anything alike. There's no way you could look at us on a picture and go, "Oh, those guys are <laughs> brothers." Know.
0: You know what I mean? That's what they're friends. They're boys, but they, they they're not brothers. They don't look alike. That's what blew my mind about that. He was talking about that with him and Fishburne. I was like, who, anybody who's ever seen one of their movies each, they look, they don't even look remotely similar. Uh, So me and Clarence came up with this line
1: that we both use. We go, no, I'm the other one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, it's interesting because I guess at some point it happened to him, you know, like further along in his life. And and Samuel L. Jackson just got pissed and went off on somebody. (laughs) but his point was like how do you like you're because it was some hollywood reporter and he was like how do you work for this station and you're a hollywood reporter and you don't know that i'm samuel l jackson and he's lawrence Fishburne. like this is like after matrix and after die hard to the vengeance all these different pulp fiction all this like how do you not know that i was like my god you're a a moron you're a dumbass
1: yeah i
0: mean i don't know man i mean i i i don't know and I've seen a lot of both of their movies, so I, I don't know. Maybe I I, it's, I just thought that was that was wild. But, man, what a fun Denzel rabbit hole that was. Dude, we've been down
1: a lot of rabbit holes
0: today. Man, we have. But I just, <laughs> I, I love talking about good actors and, and you know, because Denzel, you put his catalog up against anybody's, anybody, even Tom Hanks, because yeah. Tom Hanks has made more movies I don't like than Denzel Washington has. No, nah, dude, Denzel's like, he's in it, I'm, I'm peeping it. I mean, let's be honest. Samuel Jackson's been in so many damn movies. Half of them I've seen, and I'm like, I don't know about this one.
1: Yeah, Sam is like, I work. Yeah. Like, I'm going to work. Yeah. Maybe it's a good movie. Maybe it's not. But I'm getting that check. I'm going to work. And uh, and that's okay. I don't mind that. That man stays busy.
0: So, you know. I mean, that's, but yeah. So there you have it. But anyway, what a random-ass podcast for today. Hell yeah. Sometimes that's the best ones. (laughs) I was just going to say, sometimes you need to roll like that, man. That's what it is. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course... You can also find us on Twitter at McMattRadio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle, so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy. Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the JM Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.